0: We are much harsher on ourselves than others, but you know, the cool thing is that self-compassion is a muscle. It is both a state and a trait. So some people are naturally more self-compassionate than others, but it also is a state that you can grow, and the way that you do that is really threefold, is these three elements of self-compassion.
1: Welcome to Re-Invention Revels. Stories of brave and unapologetic women 50 to 90 years young who have boldly reimagined life on their own terms to find new purpose and possibilities. I'm your host, Wendy Battles. Ready for a dose of inspiration? Let's get to it. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Reinvention Rebels podcast. I'm your host, Wendy, and I'm really excited that you've joined me for what is going to be a fascinating, interesting and inspiring episode with a very amazing guest, Dr. Ellen Albertson. I'll introduce her in just a moment, but before we get to that, I do want to ask you, did you have a chance to listen to the most recent Reinvention Rebels episode with 71-year-young, reinvention rebel, Mary Newell. If you have not had a chance to listen, I have to tell you, it is fabulous. I'm saying that seriously. This woman is so inspiring. I'll just tell you a little bit about it in case you missed it. Mary always thought of herself as a non-athlete. She was always struggling with a weight problem. At 55, she started running. And at now 71, she is running in marathons all around the world. This is a powerful, empowering, inspiring episode about what's possible, what's possible as we age and how we really can transform our bodies in ways that might surprise ourselves. But Mary said she is the strongest she's ever been. At 71, so strong, so fit, so confident in her body. And I don't think we hear enough of that. I think we get stuck in the story about what we're losing about our bodies, but not this alternative idea that we can get stronger. We can get more comfortable and feel even better about our bodies as we age. So I just wanted to mention that because I have to encourage you to listen to it. You will not be disappointed. Now let's get on to this amazing episode I have for you today. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today, 59-year-young Dr. Ellen Albertson, this fabulous and inspiring reinvention rebel has reinvented herself multiple times over multiple decades, so she knows a thing or two about new beginnings. How to start fresh and see new possibilities. Dr. Allen is a psychologist, registered dietitian, National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach, Reiki Master, and Mindful Self-Compassion Teacher. Known as the Midlife Whisperer, She helps women raise their vibration so they have the energy, confidence, and clarity to make their next chapter their best chapter. A best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and expert on women's well-being, Dr. Ellen has appeared on Extra, The Food Network, and NBC World News and has been quoted in Psychology Today, Eating Well, and USA Today. She has written five books and articles for self, better homes and gardens, and good housekeeping. Her latest book is Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. She brings over 25 years of counseling, coaching, and healing experience to her holistic practice and transformational work. She lives on the Champlain Islands of Vermont with her high-tech, raw food loving partner Ken and her tree climbing border collie Rosie. Dr. Ellen, welcome to the Reinvention Rebels guest chair.
0: Thank you, Wendy. I am so delighted to be here and
1: you have such beautiful such a beautiful voice. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I am equally thrilled. I am very excited for our conversation to Reinvention Rebels, rocking midlife and inspiring other people, other women. So we have a lot to get to. And I'd like to start our conversation by talking about possibilities. You are a testament, Dr. Ellen to seeing new possibilities in your life, and you have reinvented yourself many times in many different ways. I would love to start our conversation by asking you about which reinventions have been most impactful in your life and why. Well, that's a great question. So I would say um,
0: so many, but
1: I think that
0: um, going from the corporate world to become a nutritionist was huge because when I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to be. And I went to a school that had, went to University of Pennsylvania, they had the Wharton School, and I'd always been interested in entrepreneurship and marketing and business. So I went into business, I went into corporate, the corporate world. But once I got there, and I'm living in New York City, and I was uh, in retailing, I just didn't like it. I missed working with people. So my first reinvention was really going from the corporate world into becoming a nutritionist, working with people. That was huge. And then sort of I would say after that, um, going into media. So my master's degree for nutrition was in um, media, nutrition communications. So I learned lots of media techniques. I was able to both learn nutrition and also go to the communication school, BU. So that was transition where I worked with my ex-husband as a cooking couple. So I was a celebrity chef. I had a radio show. So that was a big transition. And I kind of went back to become a personal fitness trainer, working with people again, and then becoming a coach and a psychologist. So it's all kind of come full circle. But I would say the biggest reinventions are really uh, marrying my love of working with people, inspiring people, helping people transform, getting more and more things in my toolbox to do that more effectively. And then also, I just love media. I love writing. I love being in front of a camera. I love being on podcasts and radio shows. So Those, you know, it's sort of come full circle, but I would say going into the media world as the cooking couple was huge. And then, you know, really establishing myself as a practitioner, as a personal trainer, and also as a
1: nutritionist and coach has been really big. I love it. And when I hear you talk about that, the first thing I hear are a lot of parallels because I was a corporate person. I wasn't really into the corporate world. I studied nutrition. I really love helping and inspiring other people, too. So I love this trajectory that you've been on and really this path of self-discovery over the years, because part of what I hear you saying is that you've tuned into what makes you shine, where you find your sweet spot, where you find something you love doing and you're great at doing that. And I feel like that's such a key part of midlife when we can kind of combine those things and find that sweet spot. Are you thinking, I'll have some of what she's having? Reinvention rebels are amazing, as you can hear from our discussion. They've put themselves first, decided their dreams matter, and are taking action. They have unleashed their inner rebel and are living on purpose in midlife. Are you ready to start putting yourself first and embark on your midlife dreams, focused on what you want, not others' ideas of what you should do? Come check out my new audio course, Midlife Reinvention from the Inside Out, Eight Essentials to Greenlight Your Life. I share my roadmap to get you started on your reinvention journey with the key components you need to navigate detours and get on the road to smooth reinvention sailing. Sis, it is time to give yourself the green light to shine in midlife and crush those dreams of yours with joy and purpose. Join today and let's reinvent and get inspired together. Details are in the show notes.
0: Yeah, knowing your strengths is really important and knowing your weaknesses and what you love to do. I think the point of midlife is the reason that people have like the quote unquote crisis thing is because you're doing something and realizing Where's my joy gone? Like, I can't drag myself out of bed. I'm going to the same job that I hate. And it's not in alignment with your strengths, what you love to do and what you're here to do. So what's key here is really listening to your heart, listening to all your emotions, not pushing those difficult emotions away, but saying, why am I feeling like this? What might I do to get my joy back? What work lights me up? What did I love to do as a kid? And this is why my first step in rock your midlife is really authenticity, knowing yourself and what you're awesome at. What's in your genius zone? Your strengths
1: is so key to reinventing yourself and finding fulfillment at midlife. That is everything. And you had me when you said finding out what you were meant to do where that place is because I have found that to be the same thing too. That one I really was able to tune into, this is my genius spot, as you said. This is where I shine. It seems like a light bulb went on and everything shifted in a much simpler way than I was I was making it so difficult. And I realized, huh, it doesn't have to be so hard after all. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think it's that
0: inside out transformation when we are vibing with what's going on inside, then the outside thing shows up. Opportunities show up. The right people show up. We move in the right direction. But a lot of times what happens is we keep trying to change the outside. Like I'll get a new job. I'll, you know, I'll, move to a new city, I'll find a new spouse, whatever it is, trying to change the outside when it's not in alignment with the inside. So we have to sort of search inside and figure out, you know, what is it that's really going to light me up or what are the emotions that I am trying to vibe with and experience in my life? And how do I get more of those feelings right now? And then we'll start to attract the things that we want. And like you said, it's much easier
1: when we're in alignment. Yeah, alignment is everything. And it sounds to me like over the course of your different reinventions, you went through this period or this uh, evolution of tuning in each time more to your authentic self. Would you say that that's the case? Or was there something that was different as you evolved in midlife?
0: Well, I think getting to know myself was was a big piece of it. I think for a lot of my lifetime, what I was doing prior to midlife is I was clawing up this ladder of success, but the ladder was up against the wrong building. And when I figured out, okay, what's the building that lights me up? What's the right building? Then things shifted. The other huge turning point was learning to love myself. And that's why that's the second step in my book. I learned self-compassion. I was going back to school for psychology and I was fortunate enough to uh, meet Kristen Neff, who was on my dissertation committee. My research was on body image and self-compassion in women. And she required me to learn self-compassion, which is essentially the how of self-love. And I think of it as like the heart of self-care as I started to love myself, as I started to treat myself with kindness rather than criticism, everything shifted. I started to do more of the things that lit me up. I started to, you know, not do things that insulted my soul. I started questioning relationships that weren't working and being kinder to myself doing what I needed for myself to feel supported so that I could do more things in the world. And that really led me in a whole new direction. Self-compassion shifted my trajectory, you know, 180 degrees,
1: turned things completely around. Self-compassion, that's such an interesting topic because I don't think it's the type of thing that automatically always comes to mind. Oh, am I being self-compassionate? Sometimes we don't know what we don't know we don't know that perhaps we need to focus on that. So I think that's really interesting and I, and I see so many women and perhaps you see this too that are hard on them are hard on themselves needlessly and not even that anyone else is hard on us but we can be our own worst critic. So I like this idea of self-compassion, but it really begs the question for me of how how do we develop that self-compassion muscle? I know that you said that you you really woke up in your life when you, you. You came into this, but how does one even start to go down that path? Yeah, what you said is so true. We are much harsher on ourselves
0: than others. If we treated others the way we treat ourselves, we wouldn't have friends, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> but you know, the cool thing is that self compassion is a muscle, it is both a state and a trait. So, some people are naturally more self compassionate than others, but it also is a state that you can grow. And the way that you do that is really threefold there's these three elements of self compassion. The first thing is you are kind to yourself rather than than critical. You change that judgmental self-talk. You, you know, tell the self-critic to take a time out. And instead, you talk to yourself the way you would a good friend with kindness. So there's an action component there that you are being kind to yourself rather than critical. The second piece is something called common humanity. You realize that everybody struggles, everybody's imperfect. When something goes wrong, it's normal. Instead of like saying, oh my God, why is this happening to me? Or I'm so stupid to allow this to happen. Blame it on yourself. You're like, oh gosh, this is normal. And then the key piece here is the third element, which is called mindfulness. So self-compassion, we're mindful. When you notice that you're struggling, Stressed and struggling, so you're really, you know, having trouble at work, or you're having a health crisis, or you're having problems, you know, with a spouse or one of your children. You stop, instead of trying to problem solve or plow forward, you say, like, what is it that I need right now? And you give yourself what you need. And I promise you over time, if you do these three things, things will really start to shift. And in terms of the reinvention piece, self-compassion is super key because it's both a parachute and a life vest. So it's a parachute in that we can soar really high. We can take those risks. Reinvention means stepping outside your comfort zone, taking some risks. We take the risks because we know, well, if I fall, I've got this resource, me, to pull me myself up. And when we are in more of a crisis mode, we have this life vest that can really help us to get to higher ground. So it works both ends with depression, stress, anxiety, also with well-being, optimism. So it's, it's a superpower, Wendy. Absolutely. It's such a key thing for people to know.
1: I love this. I love this idea of the parachute and the life vest. I mean, that's just such a great image that it can be both those things. And to me, when I hear you talk about it, it speaks to me of self-awareness and this awakening that it is possible for me, for you, for any of us that it's out there if we are willing to kind of lean in, be curious, try on this idea of self-compassion. And I also hear you saying that, We can get better at this, that we can build that muscle. So if we practice it, if we're willing to practice, that we have the ability to get better at it. We do. And the cool thing about it,
0: too, is that it's such an interesting contrast to self-esteem. And we're always trying to, like, do things to feel better about ourselves. But with self-compassion, we always feel good about ourselves. The problem with self, you know, um, that uh, self-esteem is that we can feel really good one day and then the next day we can have an incident where our our, our compare ourselves to somebody else, our self-esteem plummets. With self-compassion, we're continuously building the muscle, feeling better and warmer towards ourselves. And that really helps us move forward. I have to say that, you know, this sort of bring this not enoughness, which that used to be my kind of modus operandi, like when I am have that degree or that perfect body, whatever that is, then I'll feel okay. But I had this backpack of not enoughness. I was bringing it into my future self and it kept showing up. So now reinvention really starts with, loving myself and then saying, what's going to make me happy? What's going to light me up? And then sh- that allows me to shine my joy, my light. And that really moves things forward. And as you said, creates this ease and attracts opportunities
1: to really make the second chapter of the second act amazing. Yeah. And I, I think you said something too that spoke to me when you said shine the light, because I think that when we can tune into that ease and we can shine our light, as you said, it it just attracts all kinds of things. But I also feel like there's this amazing sense of freedom that I didn't have before. And I i guess it's because I wasn't doing what I was meant to do. And it took me a long time to uncover it. And now that I've stepped into that, things feel so liberating. And I guess it took me until my mid-50s to figure that out, right? We're all on a journey. But I love that idea of it is possible for us to feel more free and liberated, honestly, no matter how old we are. Yeah, and more joyful, too. I think that's what people more
0: joyful, more confident. And I think a key piece, too, is that you get to a certain age and you stop caring what other people think. Yes. You know, you realize that you're running out of time and you want to really enjoy the the second chapter about your second adulthood. And I think a big piece is we're living longer, right? So we have all of this opportunity for reinvention to really figure out what's going to light us up so we can
1: just go for it. Totally and completely. And when we do, it's like, ah. because I also think that when we go for it, when we put ourselves out there, and yes, it's risky. And sometimes it's a little scary to do that because we don't know what's on the other side. But when we are willing to do that, it is amazing as you said, the joy that we can have that sometimes I feel like we don't even know was possible. Yeah, joy kind of sneaks up on you. It surprises you. But if you stay
0: in your comfort zone, you're never going to get to that place. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. And so if you have that, I think I posted the other day on on Instagram, just, you know, if you've got that desire to write, to paint, to sing, to dance, to do a podcast, well, listen to it and then, you know, figure out the next smallest step and maybe that step and that's why I love the self-compassion piece because if you you're like and I know I need to do something, I know I need to reinvent myself, but I'm not sure what it is. Starting with the self-compassion really will start to change things because you'll do what is in your best interest. You'll listen to your heart your soul you want to create a life that feels really good for you so that's just a very specific thing that you can start with and then also starting with that authenticity piece Figure out who I am and what lights me up think about what did you love to do when you were five like I knew when I was five years old and they went around the room and they said like what do you want to be when you you grow what did what did you say Wendy when they when the teacher asked you that do you remember I the first I, thing you wanted to be I think a teacher I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. I wanted to be a writer and I don't know why I didn't even know what a writer was. And it's just, but now that's a large part of what I do. And, but I knew at five that that was something that I wanted to do, but we know who we are, what we want to do, but we have to step out of our comfort zone. But I think that getting to the end of my life and not fulfilling my destiny is a heck of a lot scarier than whatever it is
1: that, you know, we, we face that keeps us from reinventing ourselves. I think that that is so true. And it's interesting, you asked me about what did I want to be, because I know that when I got to be about 9 or 10, I loved sports. And I decided that I wanted to be a sportscaster. Now, mind you, this is in the 70s, so it's not like today where there are women on ESPN, there are sideline reporters, there are women that do basically every role that has to do with sports when it comes to reporting. So it was a lot different back then. And I remember I would... I was i grew up in New Jersey. I'd listen to every New York Mets game. I'd watch it on TV with my dad. I'd then write up a story and then I'd announce it with my in my little tape recorder. Like I this is me. And I always had this dream. Well, it's very interesting, I think, how we can get that inkling when we're younger about something, even though we have no clue, right? You don't have any idea what that even means when you're that age. But fast forward many years later and I am I'm t- taking those skills I love using my voice for good. It's not as a sportscaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So that's change, yeah. but it's still the same idea. Right? That same idea of being a teacher, right? Inspiring people. So I I think you're on to something with that that we can look backward often to get clues. Hey, are you loving this episode as much as the conversation that Ellen and I are having? You can tell we're having a great time, right? If you're loving this, if you're garnering really helpful information, if you're feeling inspired, I'm going to ask a small favor. Would you mind writing me a brief review about this episode, about the podcast, about what you love? on Apple Podcasts, or Podchaser, or at ReinventionRebels.com. It's simple, it only takes a couple of minutes, and you can find all the details in the show notes. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah, often when we're young, we have that bred out of us, right? So, like, I was a theater kid. Like, I loved to dance and sing and play music and, you know, my mom was always like, shh, got to be quiet. Everyone was supposed to be super quiet and well-behaved. And so I wanted to be a good girl more than I wanted to be on stage. And I was also kind of, I think, tall to be small. But now that I'm, you know, like you in my 50s, I am all about, you know, putting myself out there. I mean, actually, one of the things I'm loving right now, it's not exactly reinventure, but I'm playing the ukulele. I'm teaching myself ukulele. And it's super fun. And I'm realizing, gosh, as a kid, I love to sing. And I'm loving dancing again and all of these things that we kind of like shove, you know, into a drawer and we forget about. And then we wonder why we feel so dead inside, because those parts of ourselves, we need to rediscover them. I love I don't know if you've listened to um, Will Smith's autobiography, but he talks about you know his wife, Jada. And you know, he talks about how she had to like rediscover the bones. There's a great book out called, I think it's called Rediscovering the Bones, and how we have to sort of excavate these parts of ourselves that we have just, you know, shoved again in that drawer under the rug because someone told us that it wasn't okay. And that might have it usually happens before we're 10. And we wonder, like like you said, why am I not joyful? How do I get that back? And it creeps up into you, and all of a sudden you realize, you know, you've got your headphones on, and you're talking in a mic, and gosh, you're joyful. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And I have to say, I love that you're playing the ukulele, that you are learning how. That is so cool. And just a great example of anything is possible, we, whether it's a hobby or it's something bigger we want to pursue. That when we have that inkling, and I love that idea of the excavation, that we can kind of dig down deep, really begin to take a shovel out all that dirt that perhaps is covering up that gem that's hidden below. Because I think you're right that sometimes, especially as women, I think we're, we are made to stay small, to not tune into or not always be encouraged. To find that voice and express that voice, and you know, we—I think we self—you know—monitor ourselves so much. So all of those things, I think, are such key ingredients to reinventing ourselves.
0: Well, I think it's changing. I mean, something that I'm finding it so refreshing is that women are collaborating. Like, we are not competing. Like, I don't want to be you. You don't want to be me. It's just about being the USU. When you come down to how do I be my absolute best self? How do I know myself, love myself, energize myself, reinvent myself, empower myself, enlighten myself? How do I do all of those things? That's when life gets really joyful and we kind of fall in love with ourselves and our lives. And, you know, we start to attract different friends and life gets really, really juicy.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. And speaking of juicy, Miss Ellen, Dr. Ellen, I have to say that I saw your Instagram video the other day when you were dancing joyfully. So it's fun. It's that was fun. my first one. It was. I was a little scared, and I grew.
0: I wanted to be a dancer, along with being a writer. Like being a dancer was. I love to dance. I grew up doing modern dance. I was in New York. I would have teachers in from New York City, and I was like, "All right,
1: it's it's time to do the dance video." So I'll be doing more of those. I think it's great, and I and you know I think too that when we see sometimes when we see other people doing something like that, it gives us permission to do it ourselves, our own version of it, but. I think that that was great I was because I thought, you know, one day I'm going to do a dance video. I've been thinking about that, but, you know, I mean, I'm just starting to even experiment with doing reels. And I said, oh, Dr. Allen's doing it. You know, any of us can do any of these things if we're willing to lean in. And I think so much of it to me that we're talking about in this conversation speaks to the idea of curiosity, just being curious about what could be possible? And and that it's okay if I try something and it doesn't work out. Yeah, absolutely. I love the word curiosity of uh,
0: just exploring and asking what if. And it's, it's super important as you're thinking about this reinvention to understand the neuroscience. So your brain isn't interested in you being happy, reinventing yourself. What your brain wants to do is keep you safe. And change and transformation, reinvention is not safe to your, to your brain. So you have to, you know, kind of get outside your comfort zone. But honestly, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I mean, as far as if you're thinking, gee, I want to show up in social media. I mean, it's so incredible that every single one of us is a creator now, can be a creator, whether it's Facebook, whether it's doing a podcast, whether it's writing a book. We all have the ability to have our own media platform and put ourselves out there. And honestly, the worst thing that happens is nobody nobody likes it. And so you're like, okay, well, then I have to do something differently. It's not a big deal. Nobody is, you're not in any mortal danger. No one is going to like hunt you down. People are not, I I have had so few times that people have, you know, trolled me or anything like that. It's honestly, people may not, you know, like your posts and then you have to be like, okay, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to like switch it up? But if you want to have a voice and put yourself out there, it's actually incredibly easy to do and it's free
1: As long as you have a cell phone, you can do all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. And it is a great way to test the waters in whatever way that reinvention might manifest, whether it's on social media or it doesn't necessarily have to be Instagram. Maybe it's doing a Facebook Live. It could be anything, right? It could be talking to our friends. So many opportunities. To just get out there. And that, that speaks, says to me a little bit, sort of building on this idea that you mentioned about self-compassion and building that muscle. What goes hand in hand with that for me is this idea of building our courage muscle. Because part of what I heard you say is once you get that idea, whatever that idea is, you can kind of, you can step out in small ways, which to me speaks to, I can, I can over time, I can I can build my courage muscle. So I am curious about your reinvention journey and how you built your courage muscle, Muscle, Dr. Ellen. What have you done to do that?
0: Well, it's great also to note that that the word courage, courage is the root is core, which is heart. So as we're thinking about, you know, our heart's, and building that listening to heart. It's so important. So for me, it's just always doing the things that scare me and coming out more and more as my authentic self. I remember the first time that I went from, I was showing a brand that wasn't working very good. And I was showing my 40 year old self when I was actually in my fifties. And I just felt like an incredible hypocrite, completely inauthentic. And I'm just like, you know what? F it. I'm going to just show my own self what I really looked like. And I Posted a current picture and my heart was beating like a mile a minute, but I knew I needed to show up as my true self. So I think for me, the courage has been shedding layers, showing myself more and more. This is like really me. This is my life. This is what I do. Um, not, you know, having it completely fluffy and wearing a ton of makeup, but or anything. I mean, it's fine if that's your thing, but just me being me. Um, And I think writing the book took a lot of courage. So writing Rock Your Midlife, I really had to set aside like nine months of my life and just like every morning getting up, writing, it's uh, a 65,000 words, you know, Mm -hmm. and I put a lot of time, a lot of energy, money into it and putting it out there and believing that this book had legs, that it was going to help a lot of women. Um, I am also like you starting a radio show podcast in March, the end of March. So I have to have you on for that as well and talking about... Um, you know, the same midlife issues, so that's like, okay, that's the next level of putting myself out there. So it's just a constant you know, putting myself on bigger stages, wanting to reach more people, but always doing it because I want to help other women. When I do it from an ego perspective, it always falls flat. when I do it with from my heart and my heart saying... If I can shine my light and educate more women, inspire more women, that's going to make a huge difference in the world and make a difference for, you know, I've got a daughter, so it's going to make a difference for her and even my in my son, the next generation. So doing it from that heartfelt place, but always saying, okay, this this scares me. Writing the book was scary and doing, you know, a radio show. It's going to be live. That's scary. But it's but turning the fear into excitement. Right is because the the fear and excitement are very similar in terms of the physiology. Anxiety, fear; these are about like something in the future. But we can so excitement is too. We can get excited about oh my gosh, I have a book that's coming out, or I have a radio show that's coming out. I'm thinking about doing a TED talk as well. You know, thinking about okay, being on that stage with you know 1,600 eyeballs on me. And am I going to remember my lines and do this thing? But it's about getting on bigger and bigger stages for me or even, you know, little things like playing my ukulele on Instagram, which I haven't gotten the guts to do yet. But, you know, my heart's like, yeah, show women like, yeah, I can get up and be fun and silly and just and showing all of those sides, the dancing side. And I'm a I'm a little silly. I'm related to Jerry Lewis. So there's that kind of humorous,
1: um, goofy part of me, too, and just showing who I am to the world. I love it. I love it. I love One, the idea of fear, and on the other side of that coin is excitement, so that if we can lean into that, there's so much goodness. And then I also love what you said about authenticity and being of service, that when you are being of service to other people and being your authentic self, just naturally, you feel more courageous. That Yeah, when yeah, when we shine, we give other women permission to do the same. Exactly. And it just means that there are then endless possibilities. I love it. I love the idea of the midlife whisperer. That just, you know, there's the, I think the dog whisperer, the horse whisperer. There's, uh, so whenever I hear that, I immediately think, yeah, that's like, to me, a guide on this side. I'm a big into coaches. I've hired coaches So so many different decades in my life to help me through different things from career coaches to life coaches to health coaches, not to mention a great therapist. So people really that can help light my path. And I think that it just, it just brings so much to our lives. It can, it can just enlighten us in so many ways. What brings you the most joy about being the midlife whisperer? coaching women and seeing
0: them transform rapidly i'm always so amazed at just a, a shift in mindset listening to your heart making a few habit changes on a regular basis having them stick and just all of a sudden seeing women who come to me initially they're looking 50 looking like right down like it's like the barrel of shotgun I see 50 yes I don't know what I can do but I am not happy like again on the outside everything looks great and often they come to me because um they're having eating issues they're having this you know Uh, Netflix, Chardonnay and Cheddar habit every evening because at the end of the day, they're like, I've got to do something that makes me feel good. And they see their waistlines expanding and it's scary and they can't stop it. So they come to me for, you know, weight loss. But what happens we end up doing is we work on helping them to really feel good about who they are. So it's the most satisfying and that's what's kind of a whisper, like whispering to their soul. So, you know, as a coach, I'm like, yeah, I'm a midlife whisperer and we're like really digging down and understanding your soul soul and your heart. But I'm also a tiger. Tigers are my power animal. So it's like, yeah, let's do some ballsy things. Let's like learn how to talk to people and get our needs met in relationships, which is a huge issue for women at midlife who've been the good girl. Let's, yeah, let's, I had one client, she joined the circus, not like for, you know, for life, but like she went for a weekend, like a weekend getaway and she got in shape to join the circus. Love it. You know, I've had clients just do, you know, I had another client, she moved to Australia, from, from America to Australia. You know, I've had clients travel and do all kinds of crazy things, like do the bucket list and actually start doing those things. But that interchange. So just, just seeing women be joyful and look and being able to celebrate 50 instead of going like, Oh my God, this is scary. Half my life is over. I don't like my trajectory. So that is really what lights me up. It's just clients who are success stories after success story.
1: I can totally see that. I, I think of you as a midlife joy enabler. You know, we think of enabling often as something bad. Well, you know, someone's enabling some kind of bad behavior of some kind, but this to me is the total opposite. This is a joy enabler. You are enabling so many women to tune in. And, and I like that combination of like, You're the whisper, but you're also bold. You're helping them find their bold voice at the same time. Well, people hire coaches. You know,
0: you've had them. We, you know, we hire coaches for I think energy, but accountability, right? So we want somebody who's who's gonna, you know, not force. I don't force people to do things. And accountability is about okay, did you do it? Did you not do it? What happened? Was the goal you know the wrong goal for you? How do we shift it up? And something I'm leaning into more now too is creating habits and strategies based on who you want to be. So if you're listening, think about what type of person do I want to be? Do I want to be a creative person? Do I want to be a healthy person? Do I want to be you know, a wealthy person? Do I want to be a more joyful person? And then think about what are the habits and strategies that you can put in place to get to that place? I love um, uh, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits,
1: where small little changes really add up. Yeah, that that, that makes such a difference. And It just goes to show that we can build anything we want to, if we have the desire. And I think so much of what we're talking about, and certainly what you talk about in your book, Rock Your Midlife, is, to me, has a lot to do with our mindset, What our mindset is as we're navigating midlife, what we see could be possible. And if we can't see it, then helping finding someone, reading a book or finding a coach that can help us with that. Why is mindset so important in midlife?
0: Well, our thoughts actually create our emotions and our habits. So we become what we think about all day. So if you're thinking about my life is washed up, I've hit midlife, it's all downhill. Well, that's what's going to show up for you. Because, you know, your mind wants to be right. That's the story that you're creating for yourself. But if on the flip side, we have thoughts like the sky's the limit, I can change, I can really be happy. And these are things that I want to create in my life. What happens is that we generate positive emotions. And this isn't just woo. The research really shows, there's a woman named Barbara Fredrickson who shows this broaden and build theory, is that when you have more positive emotions, when the ratio of positive emotions is higher than the ratio of negative emotions, you broaden and build your horizons. You see opportunities, ways that you can reinvent yourself big ways, small ways, whatever it is you want to be. So if we have positive thoughts, we change our mindset, we're more um, positive in terms of our emotions. And that feeds into our habits. When we feel good about ourselves and our lives, when we're doing the self-compassion thing, we want to take care of ourselves. We want to create lives that are happy and rich and fulfilling. And it's interesting too, and um, I've seen this posted a lot lately, that this you know people are really happy in their sort of late 50s 60s we have this down uh, u-shaped happiness curve where we kind of hit a low naturally and it wanted to do this reinvention but then we have this upswing if we can keep our mindset positive we really can feed that upswing and create an incredible
1: next chapter for ourselves i see that i see that in so many women that i know and i'm sure you do too both women you've coached and other people that you know That when you can get into that zone that you talk about, it is amazing how we can see such different things for our lives than perhaps we did in the past. And sometimes, you know, maybe for whatever reason, we've had a limited mindset. But I think if we can, to your point, marry our thinking with the emotions and then making these small habits, these small changes. It's amazing how that can change the trajectory of our lives.
0: Yes, and we have control over our thoughts. You know, we can change our beliefs. In Rock Your Midlife, I start off talking about dandelions and how, you know, yes. growing up, my dad hated dandelions. And, of course, I'm a kid. I love dandelions. You know, they're, they're beautiful. They're yellow. I love the, the puffball stage. And then I became an adult. I hailed hated dandelions. And then I moved out to this island of North Hero where there are Tens of thousands, if not hundreds, millions of dandelions everywhere. And I just grew to love them again. I wasn't going to like nuke them or chop them off and put, you know, roundup on them. And they're an incredible nutritious food. Every single part of the dandelion is edible. They're great for bees and birds. And so I've shifted my beliefs. And so many of our beliefs we can shift. You you know, you can start off with just an affirmation of I am enough or today I'm going to do my best Today, I'm going to love myself. Do something, you know, create an affirmation or an intention that really rings true for you. Write it down. Put it up on Post-it notes. I do have my clients do this all the time. Cover your bathroom mirror with Post-it notes of, I am enough. I am reinventing myself. You know, my life is awesome. I am, you know, creating a new me. Whatever resonates with you, it will
1: really start to shift things for you. That is is so spot on, this idea of the affirmations and keeping it really present. And immediately brought to mind, I used to love the show Being Mary Jane that was on BET. And this character, Mary Jane, she would put up all these post-its everywhere, like in her bathroom. I mean, you know, just kind of reminding herself of these things. And I have found that to be such a powerful tool to remind myself. Because you said something I thought that was so important when you said that we can shift We can shift our mindset. And it's not set in stone that, you know, you and you did beautifully explained about the dandelions, how growing up, they were great. And then you got to be an adult. You're like, this stinks. They're everywhere. But then how you got to this point of, but wait a minute, there is something really good about dandelions. And honestly, I didn't know all that, that they were, that they did all these great things. I only know them to be the same thing that many of us know them to be, as you expressed. (laughs) So I think that that's really insightful, though, about how we can still always have the possibility of shifting.
0: Yeah, we can also think about, you know, the weeds in our lives. We can look at them as weeds of like, whether it's like this relationship I don't like, I don't like the pandemic, I don't like that my, you know, my body's changing, or we can look at them and say, okay, how do I use these weeds, these things in my life and work with them and see them as opportunities to shift and change?
1: If you're loving this episode, if you want more of this, more inspiration and information, more stories of brave and unapologetic women that have reinvented themselves in amazing, fierce, and fabulous ways, take a minute to stop on my website, ReinventionRebels.com, and sign up for my news and notes. I share bits of information, inspiration... Things to help you think about reinventing yourself in midlife in bold ways. Exactly. And I, I, I've thought of that even myself with my, you know, 50-something shifting body. And I obviously this happens to all of us at some point, right? Our hormones slow down. We go through perimenopause, menopause. I mean, things just aren't the same. And I know it's easy to just want for what we had. remember when my body did all these things but you know my body can still do so many things and it can do different things so I try to really live in that space of there's always more possibility for me to feel good in my body as I navigate midlife and it doesn't have to be terrible by any means Yes. And the self-compassion piece can really help.
0: My research showed that self-compassion improves body image. So it reduces the body shame, the body dissatisfaction, improves the body appreciation, With has nothing to do with the body. And it's just so important in midlife to really look at function, look at everything your body can do. And I think just to see the divinity, like we are trillions and trillions of cells that are all working together to keep us alive. And on top of that, we have even more cells that are not part of our body, the whole microbiome thing that's like living in our body and digesting our food and protecting us from germs. And it's just, it's kind of a gas to be alive, don't you think?
1: Totally and completely. Totally and completely. And I, I don't know if you've heard this, but on, I like listening to the Daily Podcast from the New York Times. And mm-hmm. recently they had an episode and it was about people who are, are 70 and above in their sex life. And I thought it was fascinating. It was about 50 minutes, this podcast episode, but there's such a stigma about women, about our sexual selves as we age. We're already often so self-critical about our bodies to begin with and our changing bodies. And then add on now this other variable of what does it mean to be sexual as I age when I feel like things are sagging or changing or I don't feel good about my body, let alone someone else looking at my body that I don't feel good about. And I thought this podcast was so empowering because it was all about people who are older than me that are having a lot of sex and enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I think it's partially, well, of course, there's no pregnancy, right? Right. There's no kids around. And then I think it's so much about not you know, yes, feel good about your body, but feel good in your body, Yes, like looking at it as pleasure. And now I, you know, I'm engaged and I'm in a new relationship. I've been in this relationship for about a year and a half. And it's really, I, I've deep sixed a lot of my old stories too around that talking about mindset. And it's much more fun and playful and connective and you no know, expectations. It's kind of a, it's a breath of fresh air. And so you can reinvent, you know, your relationships, your sex life, any aspect of yourself. I love that you brought that up because, I think we need to talk more about it. You know, we don't see, we see movies and we're taught like the most important thing in a relationship is this, like there this idea of hot sex, right? Yes. And then we feel like, well, if I don't have that, if it doesn't look like that, then something's wrong, but we're not shown a lot of our um, ideas about who we are, about our sexuality are informed by media. And they think it's great that we're, you know, their show, their podcasts like yours and the New York times is talking about it. And, You know, we're getting more characters in the media, a little bit more, that are really showing what midlife is like. But we need more of it, I think, especially for
1: women. Especially for women. I couldn't agree with you more because it's still, even when you hear all those things, it's still hard to sometimes apply to yourself to think, okay, well, Dr. Allen might be doing that. She might be having more play and more fun in a relationship or in her work. But If I could do that, or you might even see your friends doing that, and still, you know, it is people can tell you things, but until you can believe it for yourself, until you can really try it on and figure out how that information might work for you, it's sometimes it can be a disconnect. So the more that we can have these conversations, and I think the more we can feel comfortable talking about it, it's hard to. I think it's, you know, they were talking about in this podcast how a lot of times when adult children find out their parents are having sex in like their 70s or 80s they're like wait a minute they should be like sitting at home playing with the grandkids or crocheting or not doing that right they have this this whole stigma we have in this society about that. So I just think whatever the topic is, when we can find the language and we can build that comfort muscle, when we can get out of our comfort zone, even if it's to to your point, those baby steps, taking those small steps to build a new habit, which is maybe just talking about something with someone that you trust. Yeah. And I would add too, I love that you use the word
0: play. And creativity, because like when kids are are playing, they're not like worrying, what are people going to think? Or can I build this Lego house correctly? Can I draw this correctly and dance correctly? They're just playing and playing is like how you learn to be an adult. So maybe we need, you know, we need to learn as we're going through these ages, these adultings, these decades that we go through, we need to like, Learn like how do I play? Whether it's being sexual, whether it's reinventing ourselves on any level, looking at it as play
1: because play is not about doing it right or wrong, getting it perfect. It's just about having fun. Exactly, exactly. And I think we probably both can agree that most of us take myself, sometimes included, take ourselves way too seriously. I right? I just have to do this really, really well. I mean, I've definitely have gotten really comfortable with the idea of being perfectly imperfect. That I'm so far from that as we all are, but that's okay. Like I can find so much more space to thrive when I've accepted this idea that it's great to be perfectly imperfect, that I'm figuring it out and that I can have more play. Which just, I don't know, brings me, brings me joy. And I I was telling you before we started that yesterday I ended up having this day date with my husband in a very unexpected way. We just went out to run an errand, which turned into a whole afternoon of like putzing around, going into these shops, going to have this impromptu late lunch. Often I'd be like, oh, you know, I've got all these other things I need to do. But yesterday I just was in that space of being really open. It was a gorgeous day out. It was cold, but it was is beautifully sunny, which always makes me feel good. And I just really leaned into Let's let's play.
0: That's fabulous. Yeah, it is. It is so important and I love what you said about the Being perfectly imperfect, because if you want to reinvent yourself, you're going to I can call mistakes, you know, mistakes are just stepping stones on the road to success of where you want to be. And it's a it's a cliche, but you got to enjoy the journey. You've got to enjoy every step along the way and see all of these things as opportunities to learn and grow and inspire other people. And I think if you have that playful mindset and you let go of the expectations and the way that you're supposed to look and how it's supposed to be. And just enjoy figuring out for yourself and just be like, whatever works for me is is fine. You'll get there. And so I love that you you played. I played too. I we, we went cross-country skiing and we watched just the Bridges of Madison County, which was interesting because that's kind of um, I was I'm just interested in midlife and women with Meryl Streep kind of having uh, a wonderful experience with Clint Eastwood. So it was a, a interesting movie to sort of look at where women were at in 65 versus today and all of the opportunities that we have versus where our moms were. at. I remember when my mom, my brother, my um, old, the oldest sibling went to college, my mother cried. She was so upset. And, you know, I was sad when my daughter went to college, but I also was celebratory. It was like, okay, I'm hit, hidden into empty nests. There's going to be more space for other things. And I was super happy that she was on her journey. And she was on, you know, her next level of reinvention. We have to keep moving. It's like, you know, I guess the Woody on the shark, right? We got to like
1: be like a shark. You're either like moving forward or you're not. Exactly. And that that's such a beautiful way you put that, this idea of moving forward and how generationally it is so different, so different. And I think that, you know, these generations now we, we see so many more possibilities. So I'm grateful that we just have the possibilities, that we can lean into these possibilities and see all the different things that we could do. I love all the wisdom that you have shared today, Dr. Ellen. So many insights, so much great advice from your book, Rock Your Midlife. As we're beginning to wrap up, I would love to know what else you'd like to tell the audience about Midlife, reinvention, any of the above, yeah. I'd love to mention
0: um destination vibration because that really was a pivotal thing for me. It just your life can be so much better than you imagine. What I ended up doing is, um when the pandemic hit, I took this class and I learned this technique called destination vibration, where, I envisioned uh, an emotional that I loved joy. So I wanted to be more, I had more joy in my life and I envisioned myself getting back to dancing again. So I, I saw myself at five and in my 20s and my teens and dancing and started dancing more myself. And even though, you know, we were in lockdown and I feel like I, entra- I attracted this incredible place of North Hero and this amazing man who loves to dance and just something that's just so in alignment. So I guess that just wherever you are at, if you are not satisfied with an aspect of your life, whether it's your relationships, your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, your career. It's never too late to reinvent yourself and connecting with the way you want to feel through visualization. And I tell you exactly how to do it in the book really will attract that next step for you. So if you don't know what that next step is, that next, you know, the the down the road, what that's going to look like, you only need your next step. Okay. So like, what is like one thing I'm going to do tomorrow? Maybe you love to bake cupcakes. So it's maybe like, well, maybe I'm going to bake a bunch of cupcakes and bring them to my kid's school, or I'm going to bring them to the fire department, or, you know, I don't know. But just thinking about what's that thing that I love to do and how can I do more of that in the world? What really lights me up? So you don't need to know what the whole thing is going to look like. I don't think we ever know what the whole, it's is going to look like. You just need to be want, wanting it and moving forward and connecting with that um, visualizing the way you want to feel and using that emotional connection. So your thoughts are kind of the blueprint of where you want to be in terms of reinvention. Your emotions are the magnetic quality that draws that towards you. So you've got to do that emotional piece of visualizing and feeling it with all your senses or feeling
1: that the way you want to feel that way you felt elsewhere in your life and reconnect with that. It is amazing the power of visualization and how that can really transport us forward into what that thing is when we're willing to take the time, lean into it and see what could be possible. So Everybody, you got to go check out this book, Rock Your Midlife. You can hear that there are so many gems in this book, and I've only just gotten started. I haven't had a chance to even get through the whole book yet, but it is full of information, inspiration, and ideas that can really light us up. I know that we're all in different places in this idea of reinvention. Some of us maybe have, quote unquote, figured it out. Some of us are just thinking about it. Some of us are afraid, but maybe want to know. We know that we want something more. We just don't know what it is. So this is a great place to start. Just to begin to ask yourself some questions and lean into a little self-inquiry about it. Which brings me to my question, Dr. Ellen, where can people find you? You shared this great information, all this inspiration. I know people listening are going to be like, well, where can I find Dr. Allen? I know she's on Instagram because she's making dance videos and, and. Other things and we'd be playing the ukulele, but where can people find you to connect? Well, first, thank you so much
0: for your kind words about the book. So I'm glad that you're enjoying it. That's been huge for me to hear other women saying, you know what, it's coming at the right time, the right place. I wanted to write a book that was more of a how-to manual because there's a lot of memoirs which are great. And the book has memoirs and stories. So people want to get in touch with me, just Google the Midlife Whisperer. I am the only midlife whisperer on the planet. Um, I am The Midlife Whisperer on Instagram. On Facebook, I'm Dr. Ellen Albertson. But if you just go to themidlifewhisperer.com, you can grab the book. I've got a free gift there as well. And then you'll have uh, little buttons that will allow you to connect with me on social if you want to do that. I would love to meet you. And if you are struggling, happy to get in the conversation and keep listening to Wendy because I think that's so important. One thing we didn't talk about is be judicious with what you consume media-wise. So, Fill yourself up with those shows, those podcasts, those, you know, television programs and social things that light you up and inspire you and challenge you to reinvent yourself.
1: It is so right on about that, right? I think we can all sometimes get overwhelmed, especially these days, with so much bad news and and challenges. We're all faced with all kinds of challenges, personally, globally, you name it. So you are right about consuming things that lift us up, that inspire us, that help us shine that light, and hopefully lead us down this path of reinvention, whatever that means for any of us. I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. It has been such a pleasure to have this conversation about midlife reinvention, rocking our midlife, and what Honestly, it's possible for any of us, really, at any age. Whether you're listening, because a lot of people listen that aren't even in midlife; they might be younger. My mom listens, and she's 89, so she's definitely past midlife. <laughs> but I think that there are endless possibilities. So, so thank you, Dr. Ellen. Thank you so much for gracing me with your presence today. Thank you, Wendy. It was a blast. Hey, amazing listeners! Are you feeling a little social? Come join me on social media for a big dose of inspiration. You'll find me on Instagram at Reinvention Rebels. Same thing on Facebook. And also I'm on Twitter at Rebels Reinvent. I look forward to seeing you soon. Tired of waiting for someday? Feel like you're too old or it's too late to reinvent yourself? Unsure of how you'd even get started on the path to midlife reinvention? I'm here to help. As your guide on the side and host of the top 2% globally rated Reinvention Rebels podcast, I've been around the reinvention block a lot. Here's a simple way you can get started. Sign up for my free audio. Five questions to spark your curiosity and inspire your Reinvention Rebel journey. It all starts with getting curious about what's possible. And I've got five questions to help tease out some very cool ideas. Let's get started. Details are in the show notes.